Urban Star go to Vista Del Mar. Abby, you have been very patient. You had to sit through our entire To All The Boys review, which I'm sure was excruciating. <laughs> Um, so for this one, for Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. Let's let's hear it. Set this one up for us. And uh, what, what what's uh, what's the deal with this movie? What what is this thing? Absolutely. Um, so it's there's there's a lot more going on than the uh, the marketing suggests, as we've as we've mentioned before. So Barb and Star are uh, best friends. Uh, they're played by uh, Annie Mumolo, who uh, co-wrote the script with Kristen Wiig, who plays Star. Um, and they also both worked on the script for uh, for Bridesmaids. They've worked together for a long time. So I think their friendship and partnership in real life maybe partially mirrors that of Barb and Star in the film, which is part of what makes it so good. But I digress. Uh, Barb and Star are lifelong best friends who live in the small town of Soft Rock, Nebraska. And they have jobs at the hottest spot in town, the uh, Jennifer Convertibles Home Showroom. Uh, and when that store closes down, they are given a severance package and decide that they are going to go on a vacation to Vista Del Mar, Florida, where uh, a friend has recently been on vacation and came back looking like a changed woman. Uh, so they are going to go to this magical, wonderful place where everybody is friendly and all the men are attractive and they all dress in Tommy Bahama head to toe. Um, that is an actual line from this wonderful gem of a movie. Uh, So they go to Vista Del Mar and kind of try to get their groove back. And at the same time, uh, a spy uh, played by Jamie Dornan is there carrying out a kind of dastardly plan on behalf of his albino boss, also played by Kristen Wiig, um, who he is in kind of a one-sided relationship with. He wants to be an official couple and she just kind of keeps stringing him along to get him to do what she wants. Uh, he and Barb and star but enough about to all the boys I loved. Before. Oh snap. Um, wow. That was cold. Um, but they, the three of them eventually meet up and, uh, some, some romantic rivalry between Barb and star briefly ensues, but mostly, it's about the threat that that poses to their friendship, uh, as well as uh, kind of what it looks like to to have a healthy romantic relationship in your older years. Um, but anyway, all that aside, Barb and Star is a bizarro, wonderful, tropical blue delight of a movie. And I loved every second of it. Maybe not everybody will, but I thought it was great. Yeah, I, you know, I, we were talking about how for Valentine's day, it's like, why release this movie here? On the one hand, I really wish this movie had come out in like July because it's such a summer movie. On the other hand, this is way more of a Valentine's day movie than because it covers both aspects of Valentine's day that I appreciate the most, which is, you know, the obvious, like more romantic heteronormative relationship stuff or homosexual relationship, whatever. Um, but they don't have that in this film, but then also like Valentine's day. This is like, an ideal Valentine's Day movie, I would say. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a fan. What, what did you think of Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, Will Ashton? And do you have any rhymes to add to the title? I'll see if I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, similar to, to Abby, I, I think going into this movie with, I think, fairly modest expectations was best. Like, admittedly, I, I'd heard from uh, the week, this past week, that people were really digging it or liking it. But I was still kind of like, I don't know, like just from that first teaser, I was just like, this just seems like 
an odd sort of thing. I'm not like the biggest Christian Wig fan. I like Bridesmaids. I like MacGruber a lot, and I like Skeleton Twins. But I don't, I don't remember seeing anything fairly recently with her that that really impressed me outside of like SNL. So I was I was a little concerned about that as well. But I agree. This is uh, it's like basically a blank check film. Like they they basically had ten years from Bridesmaids to kind of do like one project that was another kind of mid budget thing where they could basically do what they want. And it feels like they took like pretty much every liberty they could just make a very odd, very uh, bizarre kind of um, I, I don't want to say high concept comedy because like we're saying it's basically just about friends going on a vacation and just kind of wacky things ensue from there. But there are so many jokes in here that are inspired and in just how silly and ludicrous they are in a way that feels very unabashed. Like it's just so willing to be like, look, this is what we're doing. If you want that, have fun. If you're, if you're not going to dig this, we're sorry, but it's very true to itself. I think it, it's has this kind of like Austin powers by way of like Wayne's world kind of vibe to it. Like kind of a mix of the two in terms of like tone and silliness. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a, like, 90s snl movie that came from like another dimension like two or three decades later and it's just like now in our timeline and, and we're kind of just uh left with it in a good way in that like it's such a bizarre little oddity that you kind of have to like decompress a few times and i hope that means uh rewarding rewatches but um yeah i mean i think even beyond just the like inspired kookiness of it the the core chemistry between uh our two leads is just very strong like like abby was saying very palpable by the fact that they are actual friends and collaborators and it doesn't feel insincere in that respect and i can see some people may be annoyed by like kind of the like qc silliness of it but i don't know i was i was in the right vibe with it for most of it and and by and large i was pretty surprised by how much i i was won over by this silly little movie yeah, so uh, we should mention the director of this film is josh greenbaum who has done a few documentaries most of them are like kind of all over the place. Like they're not really what you would expect. Like he did like a James Bond documentary at one point. He, you know, he's done some like TV stuff, like uh, some the, sports uh, behind the mask. He did the Dana Carvey show documentary, I think. Right. To he find did. Yeah. yeah. And it, he's also done like some TV works too. I think he's directed uh, episodes of a new girl, but um, I think the thing that uh, I, I think is probably most closely related to this is he did a funny or die uh, documentary once um, the Clinton foundation one which feels a little bit more in line because otherwise you would be like, this seems kind of random that he'd be doing something like this at this point in his career. Um, Cause he hasn't done a ton of narrative work outside of TV. But that said, I think after watching this film, especially uh, he, I, and I don't know how much of it too is like wig and Mumolo's like script really dictating like the, ins the insanity of this film. But I just, I do also enjoy like, as a director, how he just sort of let them make this, you know, <laughs> you know, almost feels like they really like put this film out there and he, and he enabled all of that as director and didn't get in the way, which is great. Uh, particularly with, uh, man, I love Damon Wayans Jr. in this film and Jamie Dornan because as the guys in the film, like the main guys, they have like such a hard job of like, they, they have such powerhouse comedic actors who are like, so who so easily could have taken this away from the, like anybody else in the film. But what I really enjoy of like, despite Chris and Wig is like two really great characters. Annie Mumolo is like unbelievably funny here. And then somehow Jamie Dornan is able to come in and kind of do his own thing. You know, he doesn't outshine them by any stretch, but he like, I know he like gets his own sort of like really sincere character that he fully commits to. And then Damon Wayne Jr. has kind of a bit role that like should not be funny the third time. <laughs> And especially the fourth, fifth, and sixth time, but it somehow still is. And it's so indicative of how like endlessly creative they were with these characters. And 
man, I just, I needed to see this film. Uh, I, this was the, uh, my debut review for awards watch. And I said, this is kind of like the vacation film that we need right now. It's kind of hard watching this film as like my family lives in Florida. So like, you know, I, I like going to Florida, you know, to, to, to visit, um, and just sort of like spending some time there. The air is different, right? Like, you know, there, there's definitely a, a fun atmosphere. There's a, a vacation sense of mind that I was kind of craving because I get that when I get to visit my family and I haven't gone to visit them in a long time for obvious reasons. And, uh, this, this one was a really nice escape, especially since I, I feel like we haven't gotten, um, the funniest kind of like studio comedies lately. Like the funnier movies we've been getting have been, you know, kind of like lower budget films. Although I don't, I don't know what the budget for this is. I imagine it's not big, <laughs> but it, it definitely feels like a film that they really were expecting to be a little bit bigger than it was. This is Lionsgate by the way. But, um, oh, and, and also I will say, I do really appreciate the, uh, the Austin Powers stuff with Kristen Wiig's, uh, villainous character. And just the fact that like Dr. Lady, I thought was a more intriguing and uh, powerful villain than Cheetah from Wonder Woman 1984. I don't know if that says more about this film or Wonder Woman 1984, but there you go. Um, but yeah, uh, Abby, what, what do you think? Um, it sounds like you you like this one quite a bit. What What is it about the comedy here that you think really stands out? Oh, man. Uh, I think the timing of it is is a big deal. Uh, like, I watched this on a Tuesday night after a long day. It was super dreary out. It's still really dreary out. And, like, it's so bright and funny and uncynical and loving in in terms of all of its characters i think that's that's another thing about it that i really like is that it is even even the villains even the bad guys like it's uh it's willing to poke fun at the things that make them ridiculous but it's never mean (laughs) it's never cynical uh like this movie clearly loves everybody in it um and that is it's it's such a fun and lovely vibe when that's not the way that the world feels right now. Um, I keep thinking back to like individual bits in that movie that were just so fun and surprising and like, they still make me laugh and they still make me smile. Like I, I realized after finishing watching that, like I'm going to have to watch at least a couple other movies this week and I'm going to wish every single time that I was watching Barb and star instead, just because it made me feel so good. Um, it's yeah. Like the, there are some insane jokes that come out of nowhere. Uh, there are also just, great running bits that uh are really lovingly understanding of like the details of middle-aged mom core life um i loved every single culotte joke they were all on point um i loved that there's a there's a moment where uh the, the where the the central three where uh barb and star and uh jamie dornan's character edgar get just wildly drunk and high and dance to like a club version of Celine Dion. That's delightful. Um, there, there are just all kinds of wonderful, weird choices that I think work for the kinds of people that they are, um, like the, the, the kinds of characters that are in this movie. Um, but also just people who like weird and strange comedy. Like I, I agree with what Will said. This feels like very much like a, like a really good version of uh, a '90s SNL-based kind of movie filtered through, like maybe a Lonely Island lens. And I, I like as somebody who likes both of those things, this feels like a lovely marriage of the two. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, "Is this like an SNL sketch that I've never seen? Is that where these characters come from?" And nope. <laughs> also, uh, these women, th- like especially Annie Mumolo's character Barb, she like she's my aunt. 
Like she looks like my aunt. They have like the same personality and I miss my aunt a lot. She's also in Florida. And I, I wanted to, to tell her like, you should see this movie. But then I was like, thinking back to like everything that happens, I was like, maybe not. Um, <laughs> uh, but regardless, I, I, I thought it was very, very lovely. Like she even has the coiffed hair. I'm just saying, um, I don't know if she wears culottes, but does she make hot dogs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, not hot dog soup, but she does. She does. <laughs> she would make me like you know hot dog stuff. Like a she'd make me like a hamburger kind of soup. Excellent. Um, yeah, her her cooking wasn't the best. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. It's not as it, runny it as it usually is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the flashback to the hot dog soup. Um, but yeah, Will. Uh, I I understand. Like th- this is this is a very weird, inaccessible film. Do you think it can be too? inaccessible for people. I know we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but I don't know. Where how are you feeling about it as like a film that's like do you think it's going to find its audience? Yeah, I mean I I think it's deliberately not trying to be everything for everyone. Like I think it it much rather wants to be its own weird little thing, which I admire. I think it's better off for that. Um I don't know how wide of an audience is going to get because I just don't know how many people find this as funny as uh, we do, but um I will say I mean it did kind of remind me of like I was wondering, because I didn't really like, um, what was the Will Ferrell thing from last year? Eurovision Song Contest. I, 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 I didn't really care for that film, but I know it Don't found an audience. Me. It found an audience because it has kind of a similar vibe and it came out around like this uh, around like this time last year and that like it was a kind of depressing time and people wanted something that was like goofy and silly and, and was able to appeal to that, that audience when they needed something like that. And I, I think that might be beneficial for this film for that reason. Um, I, I don't really know exactly how wide of an audience it's going to be. But like I said, I think the fact that it is fairly true to itself and that it is um, willing to just be whatever weird thing wants to be at any given time and fire on all cylinders and, and just kind of indulge its own sensibilities and instead of following any uh, any anything that other audiences might want from this, I guess, is, I think, for the better. But in the end of the day, I don't really know how wide of an audience is going to be the answer to your question, but I am I curious think, to know, like, well, sorry, what? I'll say real quick then. I, th- I think that it has something to do with, you know, what streaming service will get this. And I think it's probably between, I know Lionsgate has deals with both mm-hmm. um, Hulu and um, Amazon. Um, particularly, like, I think they could put this through, like, stars, but I think that has a lot to do with it. I think if it's on, like, Hulu, I don't know how many people will see it. I just I wish that it was like Eurovision and it could be on something that everybody like watches like Netflix, even though I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the filmmakers, other films are on Netflix from what I or sorry, from on, on Hulu, from what I can tell. So it makes sense to put it on Hulu. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think either of them would, would do fine. I think it would find an audience that way. But my guess would be Hulu. But who knows? I could see it getting lost on Amazon in a way that it might not on Hulu. It could be a little little easier to feature sometimes amazon has such a huge glut of content that i don't know there's a potential that it might not get seen as readily but i hope it gets on streaming soon yeah i feel like we're still kind of figuring out like what is because it it seems like not everything on amazon really takes off the things on amazon that take off seems to be like their more original series like things like um the boys and hunters man in the high castle whereas Mm -hmm. like hulu i feel like you know, what is the thing that really takes off there that people really talk about? Is it the movies? Is it the documentaries that they do? I I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't really know one way or the other. Yeah, I, I also am and like I tend to be siloed in my my weird little cult stuff. I think that this probably will find an audience uh, 
probably not a wide one, but uh, a pretty dedicated one. Um, I, I would imagine that the same folks on, uh, like on, on the, the film Twitter verse who, uh, who love stuff like, uh, like Popstar and MacGruber, which did not do well in theaters, but have since found a really dedicated cult following are going to be fans of this. And I would not be surprised if that was kind of the ultimate fate of Barb and Star as well. I hope it's not. I hope it does better than that. But I, I imagine that's probably closer to the truth. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of getting to what I was trying to say before is that like it feels like we kind of missed a step where like the movie underperformed in theaters. So I don't know if it's better or worse that it didn't go to theaters, because I, I think visually it's a lot more inspired and, and a lot more creative, especially like all the sets and stuff. I think I would certainly rather see this movie in theaters in terms of like studio comedies than a lot of the other ones that we missed out on. But um, at the same time, yeah, I have to wonder if like would this have just underperformed and that give Lionsgate less confidence in it or the fact that it's available on VOD right now and it's probably going to be a little bit more approachable to some people with the exception of the um $20 asking price which I still think is pretty absurd but that's that's a whole other discussion um yeah, yeah that's I, a tough pill to swallow yeah but um yeah I mean I, I think it's for the better that this is getting out like you said on Valentine's Day and, and it's available digitally so I think the audience that this was intended for probably find it a little bit easier than would have in theaters where I think the marketing and uh, just the fact that the movie, like Lionsgate really didn't know how to sell this, which is understandable because I don't know how I would sell it either. Um, they, it did kind of feel like it, it missed that step where it underperformed in theaters. And I, I guess by and large, it's for the better, but also kind of disappointing at the same time. All right, let's get into our final thoughts then and grade this thing. I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think it's hilarious. I, I, I don't want to say too much just because the, the thing that I like about it is that it does kind of slowly suck you in. You know, I didn't, I didn't mention this before, but... I think like the first 10, 20 minutes aren't the strongest, which I liked because it it kind of like eases you into the weirdness. It doesn't have like that big tone setting. I mean, it kind of does with like the evil lair stuff, but it's not the funniest part of the movie by any means. I think what I like about it is that it takes a lot of time to get you to really like Barb and Star. And it, it takes its time to really like establish like their friendship. And then, then you get to the point where it's like, man, I hope they have a nice vacation. Then the weird, really weird stuff starts to creep in. And then it like, it's almost like it's getting you on the wavelength, um, easing you into it instead of just like, you know, just pounding tons of weirdness at you. And I think that's for the best. Um, it worked for me, obviously, because I was a little unsure early on. I was like, I don't know, this doesn't seem as funny as like people were making it out to seem. But then it's just the jokes per minute just started to like ramp up and get better. And that's like, that's something that comedies tend to not be great at. Sometimes they, they front load. Sometimes they have sections that are funnier than others. And then this was a pretty consistent stream of, of comedy. And then up until the final moment, I think that it really nails it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big old B plus on Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I hope they go back soon for a sequel. Um, what about you, Abby Chessy? I'm a little higher. I'm I'm an A minus, uh, mostly just because yeah, this hit at the right time. It provided exactly the things that I needed it to. Uh, by the end of the movie, my face hurt from laughing and smiling so much, and I have consistently thought about it and how much I loved it and enjoyed it um, throughout the week. I probably will. I mean, I'm I'm already debating whether or not I'm going to spring twenty dollars to watch it again. Um, I liked it that much. It's it's super weird and funny and sweet and. Uh, yeah, it's it's full of unexpected fun that I don't want to I don't want to ruin for people. I agree, John, that it kind of it starts a little bit slow, but once it hits like yeah, like the 20 25 minute mark, stuff starts to get weird real fast and uh it it gets weird in in a fun way that I think 
like it's even it's it still makes sense for like the structure of the plot too. I think all of it kind of connects, even when stuff feels like it comes out of nowhere, it still connects to like gags that are set up within that first 20 minutes. So it's yeah, it's it's really tight. I think tighter than maybe some people might initially recognize just because there is so much weird stuff that comes out of seemingly left field. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm an A minus on this. I, uh, I think this is something that I'm probably going to enjoy in my personal pantheon for a long time to come. Yeah. I definitely can't wait to rewatch this by introducing it to other people. And I'll probably like it even more the second time. Cause I felt like I was missing some jokes because I was laughing from other ones. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, my estimation of it just continues to rise as time goes on. And I think it'll probably age pretty well. Uh, what about you, Will Ashton? Uh, are, are you as high as us higher? Where are you at? Uh, I don't think I'm quite that high on it, but I did enjoy it a good bit. My only, I guess, point of uh, disagreement is that I think I was sort of the opposite as you, John, in that I, I really liked the beginning a lot. Like, I think I was really with it for like the first like 40, 45 minutes. And then the middle of it was where I kind of started to wane a little bit because that's where they had to establish some of the more like plot heavy stuff to establish the third act. And I think that's where I started to kind of lose it. But then by the end, I was pretty won over again by uh, it's like we said, commitment to weirdness and, and the fact that I was willing to just kind of do whatever it wanted to do in any given at any given point, regardless of logistics or uh, any anything that would be uh, in good taste, maybe in other films. But um, I, I do think, yeah, like like we we're saying, I think it works so often because it's so consistently willing to just like up the ante and be as absurd as possible, but also be very sincere and sweet and not really have a, a crude sensibility or anything that that might make it seem off putting or uh, insincere which I think is really a testament to the two lighter, two writers and lead actresses here who are able to kind of communicate that in a way that, with uh, no offense, so I think the director here, I think, who does a nice job, it, it does, like you were saying, John, feel like their movie by and large. And I think uh, it's for the better for that reason. Like I said before, it is like their blank check film after Bridesmaids. And I'm glad they're able to get something like this made from the studio system because I really miss silly comedies like this on this scale and budget. And it's nice to see something like this again, even though if it's, it's not in theaters, but... Yeah, I'd give it a pretty low but comfortable B. It's a good time, and I'm glad I checked it out. All right. Well, uh, still pretty solid recommendations from three of us overall. I guess like a B-plus average. Uh, That said, I think that uh, I do hope that people find this somehow. It is available to rent on demand, and uh, I'm anxious to see it uh, hopefully get to someplace like Hulu where people will discover it for sure. Uh, I think that would probably make the most sense. I feel like Palm Springs hit Hulu last year, also a really funny movie, the Lonely Island one, and I think that did find an audience eventually. So we're hoping for the best over here. But uh, yeah, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. It's available to watch right now. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.